0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises off. Today's show is brought to you by Work Life with Adam Grant, a podcast from TED. Our work lives and world have changed dramatically in recent weeks. And if you're looking to explore the science of making work not suck in these trying times, you should check out Work Life with Adam Grant. This season, you'll learn how to procrastinate less with Margaret Atwood and how small wins can help you fight burnout. New episodes come out on Tuesdays. I know I'll be listening. Listen to Work Life with Adam Grant wherever you get your podcasts. And now, from the editorial team at LinkedIn, I'm Jesse Hempel. And this is Hello Monday, our show about the changing nature of work and how that work is changing us. I'm trying to focus on my job this week, but I keep getting caught up in the bigger questions. What's going to happen today, this week? Are the people I love going to be okay? Am I? I'm seeking comfort and inspiration.
1: Friends to know, ways to grow, the reading rainbow. Yep, that's
0: LeVar Burton. He's had a celebrated acting career, but of course his voice brings me back to elementary school, sitting in front of the TV with my younger sister and brother, eating Little Debbie snacks and watching Reading Rainbow. Lavar was the show's host and executive producer. He spent 26 years teaching a lot of us to love reading. Lavar's is on quarantine at home right now, like most people I know. He's trying to make sense of it all, and for him, a huge part of that journey is figuring out how he can show up for others. He's determined to keep sharing his storytelling gifts and his wisdom with the world, even when he can't leave his house. And it won't surprise you, but talking to him, it's like a warm hug. You'll hear what I mean. Here's Lavar. So let me start with a really basic question. How are you doing right now?
1: I will be honest with you, Jesse. It's, it's a moment-by-moment moment thing for me. There There is yeah. there's so much uncertainty and anxiety, Um, I know that in this now moment, I am safe, and my family is well, and we have everything that we could possibly need in this now moment. It could change, and I could be overcome, as I have been occasionally over the past week or so, with a, a, a deep sense of unease bordering on bread. Yeah. Because the future is just so nebulous right now. All of that to say it's a moment by moment deal for me. And my family, I mean we all share the same the same feeling, you know? I'm lucky enough to have both my daughter and my mother-in-law living <laughs> with us now and so I've got three generations of, of women from the same family. And, wow. uh, you know, my job is, is to keep them laughing and and uh, and and they keep me fed. So it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> frankly, it's, it's I think it was easier to keep you fed than laugh laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lavar just listening to you articulate that it it's such a. Different experience in the world to live with such a sense of unknown. And of course, we never know what the future is. But in this moment, one of the hardest things is that we really don't know. And we don't know when we will know. We don't know how we will know. And we just have to sit with that.
1: I cannot imagine being the the parent of, 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 you know, small children right now. I mean, I can and, and I can imagine and my heart goes out to everyone, um, who is also having to deal with the anxiety of their children and explain to them. Yeah. When we ourselves have no idea how long this is, I mean, I can only imagine that kids are asking their parents, so how long do we have to stay cooped up in the house? And and mom and dad don't have a, a real answer no. to give. It's, it's got to be very frustrating.
0: But let me spin it another way for you a second. Okay. So my son is 17 months old and I adore him but I have a very busy career which means that on a normal day I leave shortly after he wakes up in the morning and I come home right before bedtime and get the weekends with him and I'm very happy with that I love my career I love that balance mm-hmm. but for the past two weeks I've been with him 24 7 and yesterday I got to watch him take his first two steps Wow! Something that I never would have been here to see
1: and that is awesome
0: that also happened in this moment. And I just want to hold on to that a second, you know?
1: Good for you.
0: So Lavar, we're, we're starting deep here.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and I found this amazing speech that you gave to, I think it was Wellesley in 2008, which is a while ago, um, but you started it with this big idea and I wanted to read it to you and see what you thought of it now. And you opened your speech this way. You said, the belief that I hold that every single one of us was born for a very specific purpose. Many of you haven't come into contact with it yet, but believe you me, there is a purpose to your being. And it's not just important, but essential to your beingness to make contact with the reason you are here.
1: Oh, that's a nice opener.
0: That's a really nice opener. Yeah. Do you still believe that?
1: I do. Absolutely. Without question. I believe that we are all here for a very specific purpose and that it is our our responsibility as uh, adults to discover what that purpose is and then to have the courage to follow your passion toward that purpose so that you might be able to deliver your very particular gift
0: how did you figure that
1: out lavar i think because i was uh, i was uncommonly directed self directed when I was a kid, I entered the Catholic seminary at the age of 13, decided when I was eight that I wanted to become a priest.
0: Were you encouraged by your family?
1: Um, I wasn't discouraged. Um, my mother was an English teacher and, and, and um, a single parent. So I grew up in a family where education, number one, was highly stressed. And number two, it was obvious to me that one's life should be about service. And and so having that, that very strong, Gene for self-directing, for going forward, for, for understanding what I wanted and not just stating it, taking the steps necessary. When I told my mom that I wanted to go away to Catholic seminary at the age of 13, I'm sure she paused and thought, what the hell? But she supported it, not but and, she supported it. And it was only by taking that step that I was able to discover what the next step was. After a few years in seminary, I discovered that uh, there were other ways of looking at the world other than the Catholic parochial point of view. And I wanted to explore some of what that looked like, felt like, tasted like, sounded like. Theater arts stepped in and provided for me a vehicle for all of that thirst for experience. I tell people all the time, I tell kids, take the step that's right in front of you, because the next step will reveal itself. Life, like walking, is a controlled fall, right? Yeah. Walking is a controlled fall. When we perambulate, unless that other leg flings itself out there, we would fall flat on our noses. But... We don't because the legs keep going, one in front of the other. That's the way life unfolds, one step at a time. So yeah. it was by being in the seminary that I dis- that I discovered theater arts, and it was discovering theater arts that led me to a scholarship to USC, which led me as a sophomore to auditioning for and getting the role of Kunta Kintean Roots. It's, it's not rocket science,
0: but yeah, it all begins is- with
1: discovering what you're meant to do.
0: Well, it's interesting. Do you think of what you're meant to do as necessarily your career or can they be different things or have they been different things for you in your life? They
1: can be and and, and they're and, and they're not mutually exclusive. I, I, I'm lucky. I believe and, and I haven't always felt this way. It is only in the last couple of years of my life that I have come to understand that what I was meant to do was to be a storyteller. And I understand now that through, by acting, directing, producing, writing, public speaking, uh, podcasting, I have a podcast now where I read short stories in every episode. I'm a storyteller, right? And one of the things that's so unsettling about this time that we are in right now is I make my living, I'm an itinerant storyteller. I make my living on the road and I'm grounded now. So I'm trying to find ways of expressing my purpose while being stationary at home.
0: When you say you're an itinerant storyteller, wh- what do you mean by that, Lavar? I,
1: I travel around. I, yeah. I I go where the stories need to be told. I, I make public speeches. I go to cons. I go to New Orleans to direct NCIS NOLA. I, I'm always <laughs> going somewhere, traveling somewhere to engage in my craft of telling stories. So, what does it
0: mean for you to be home? Right now
1: it means I have to figure out how to satisfy that um, that imperative that cellular imperative mm-hmm. to tell stories while being stationary I've committed to doing live streams for um, a couple of efforts um, and I'm looking for a way to figure out how to do a Coronavirus version of Lavar Burton reads.
0: Yay! We need that right now.
1: So so yeah, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna read some children's stories for a live stream for Essence, and I'm going to uh, read some stories for a live stream that uh, that Glavity is throwing. I'm I'm looking to find ways to plug myself into virtual digital efforts to keep people entertained and occupied.
0: You call yourself a storyteller. I think many people listening to the show would have begun by calling you an actor. How do you understand those two things as being related? Oh, they
1: are. I mean, acting is storytelling, right? You are a part of a storytelling effort as an actor. I, I would have said that, too, uh, about myself at a previous time in my life, but I've come to understand that it's all it all springs from the same place for me. There really is no, no separation from me as long as I'm able to do that thing I love. And it, it doesn't matter if I'm acting or directing or, or writing or, you know, sitting in front of a microphone and, and reading another writer's words. My, my joy and my sense of purpose and satisfaction at fulfilling that purpose is the same. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One.
0: You know, LeVar, you were with one show for so many decades, really. You became... Iconically associated with that show. And I'm curious reading the rainbow. way of, the Reading Rainbow. Um, this is me not singing you the song, which I know from memory and sing to my own child from time to time. Where did your love of reading come from?
1: My mom, Irma Jean, Irma Jean. Every time I get the opportunity to, to talk about my mom, I do. I am the man that I am because she was the woman that she was. My mother was my first teacher and she was an avid reader. My mom always had two or three books going for her own personal enjoyment. We took two newspapers, when I was a kid, we took the, the Sacramento Union and the Sacramento Bee. So I grew up in a household where reading was mandatory. You know, you either, I, I say you either read a book in my mom's house or you got hit in the head with one. <laughs> it was your choice, but you're going to have an encounter with the written word. And, and I recognize when Roots took the country by storm in the winter of 1977, it was an eye-opening experience for me in so many ways. Not the least of which is that I I was really confronted with the sheer power of the media television and its engagement factor and its ability to change people by not simply entertaining them, but informing them and enlightening them. So a few years later, when the idea was brought to me that we could use this very powerful medium to approach kids who are learning how to read and dealing with that summer slide, that three-month summer break interrupts their their journey and their reading and comprehension skills suffer, use that, that medium of television to help them stay connected to literature and the written word. I thought, this is brilliant, yeah. I'm in. And 26 years later, it has become a treasured part of the childhood of a lot of people who are adults now who grew up on the show when they were kids.
0: Did you think at the beginning you'd be with it for a quarter of a century?
1: No, I had no idea. No. (laughs) Actors don't go into a job thinking, yeah, well, this is going to last for 25 years or so. No. That came as a huge surprise. My whole career, though, Jesse, has come as a huge surprise to me. If you had given me the opportunity when I was 19 to design, dream up and then draw out my perfect break into show business and the kind of career that I wanted to have, I would not have have been this generous with myself. Hmm. Between Roots and Star Trek and, and Reading Rainbow, I have been able to be a part of storytelling efforts that have had tremendous impact on culture not simply in America, but around the world. And mm. for a storyteller, there is no, no, no better gift.
0: So LeVar, go back to that young man breaking into this game. What would you have done differently? What advice might you give him?
1: Mm. Well, I guess it is, it is my love of, of speculative fiction that prevents me from ever wanting to um, screw with the timeline. So I wouldn't do anything differently. <laughs> but I would like to, to caution my younger self uh, against um, a couple of things. I think I would encourage that young man to, to not be so concerned with the outcome of things, to stay connected to the process, because that's, that's what's important. That's what gets you to where you want to go. It's, it's, it's not so much imagining, although visualization is an important tool in manifestation, I believe, but the real work is in the process. The the meat on the bones of success is about being in the process, adhering to the pro trusting the process, I believe. And I would I, I would encourage him to really take that bit of advice to heart and to not be so hard on himself. To give himself a break. Oh, gosh!
0: Right Would that I could tell my 25 year old self to relax in that way? Why do we think right? we have to solve the world's problems and make everything turn out okay when we're in our early 20s?
1: Um, I think it, it's, it springs from um, you know a desire to live up to our potential and the expectations of our, our parents and society, right? Yeah. I mean we, we come out of adolescence with this energy and opinion that we know everything. Uh, And it is only until, you know, we get into our 30s that we understand, oh, shit, I was was bluffing (laughs) the whole time, you know? I was faking it. That bluster, that bravado is based on a lack of confidence that we are trying to cover up. It is only through the school of hard knocks that you develop the information and, and and discover the truth that you can and will weather the storms.
0: So when in when in your career did you figure that out? Was there any meaningful chapter that shaped
1: that for you? Maybe day before yesterday. I think oh, I, gosh. I figured <laughs> that out. You know, I'm I'm 63 now, so I really consider that the first, and I've been doing this for 40 years, the first 25 years of my career were sort of a journeyman's effort and that now I feel like I've achieved a a level of proficiency and mastery to the point where I can feel confident in what I do. I can read a script and break it down if I'm acting in it or directing. I I know the the dramaturgy. I've studied this for over 40 years, I've been doing it for so long. I I do it reflexively. I don't yeah. have to think a lot about it, and and I think that's where my current level of confidence comes from. It's 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 a knowingness, right? That is just not available to us when when we're just starting out. Yeah, we like to believe when we're young that that we know it all. But like I said, we we're really just bullshitting.
0: Yeah, I mean it is so true. It. it you know, that that confidence, it makes me think about how in your profession, a, a critical part of your profession is that other people watch your performance, take it in, and judge you for it constantly. And I'm curious what that experience has been like for you over the arc of your career.
1: I think one of the reasons why I, I became so attached to developing different skill sets um, was the discomfort that 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 aspect of being a performer um, created for me. I was a lot more concerned when I was younger uh, about the opinion of others, and the opinion of others occupied a much larger space in in my overall personal zeitgeist. The older I have become, the less I rely upon that for, for feedback that I feel like benefits me and my process. I still care about what other people think. It just, I just don't care as much um, or in the same way um, because I have more confidence in my ability to execute at a level that more often than not results in an outcome of which I am proud. My opinion of how I do is, has taken on a, a, a greater weight in my life than the opinion of others.
0: Wow. Gosh, Lavar, I hope that one day I can say that looking back on my own career. It's a solid thing to strive for.
1: I wish that for everybody. Because we 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 live in a society where we are constantly seeking the approval of others. And and it's baked into the equation where performers are concerned, you know. You, are, you, you depend upon the approval of others in order to be cast and to make a living, right? So reaching a place in, in my life where, again, I, I, I give more weight to knowing that I'm a professional. I, sh- I show up. I, I bring my A game. I say, bring, bring, bring your A game or you might as well stay at home, right? Yeah, totally my standard is to bring it and and bring all of me to the moment and if i'm able to do that if i look do your best more than your best you cannot do but if i'm doing my best then that's all that's required yeah if I look back and see, well, you know what, you know what, I, I, I was really slacking in that moment and I, I I could have done better. That's my fault. That's on yeah. me. But if I walk away knowing I did everything, I brought everything I could to that effort, then I'm good. I'm yeah. good. And like I say, more often than not, it's going to result in a, in a positive outcome. And when, when I say positive outcome, I mean uh, something that has value, not simply for me, but for all parties concerned.
0: Which brings us back to now and where we are. And I don't want to end our conversation, LeVar, without asking you, like, what would you wish for everyone listening right now?
1: If you don't already know what your purpose in life is, I, I wish for you that you discover it. Discerning who we are, and why we're here is fundamentally, I think the most important thing a human being can do. And so I I wish for everybody that they come into an awareness of of their purpose in life, whether that's being a a parent or a paratrooper, it, it, it doesn't matter. Discover why you're here and then do that thing with all of the purpose and passion that you can muster.
0: Thank you. Gosh, I feel so hopeful about the world now, LaVar. Thank you.
1: Well, I I do too. You have helped me, Jesse, remind me in this now moment of who I am and why I'm here. And you have given me an opportunity to get outside of myself. You've given me an opportunity to just show up and be me, Jesse. And for that, I thank you.
0: Well, I'm wishing you safe times, moments of joy in the weeks to come. And please, whatever you do, keep reading stories.
1: Jesse Hempel, thank you very much for reminding me of who I am today and giving me an opportunity to stand in that.
0: That was LeVar Burton. If you want to hear more from him, he's reading live on Twitter three times a week. Visit him at Lavar Burton. So what are you reading this week? I'm not going to pretend that I have a lot of spare time for sitting back and reading books right now with a kid and a job. I really don't. But books are offering me a certain escape. Uh, right now I'm reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed because she's coming on the show next week. I want to know what you're reading. Give me some recommendations at LinkedIn.com. That's at LinkedIn.com, Or post on LinkedIn under the hashtag hellomonday. If you like our show, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. It takes two seconds. It helps new listeners find us. Hello Monday is a production of LinkedIn. The show was produced by Sarah Storm with help from Madison Schaefer. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencio Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is our technical director. Maya Mangini, Victoria Taylor, Michaela Greer, and Juliette Feroe can't go anywhere, but they can do anything. Our music was composed just for us. By the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. You also heard music from Poddington Bear. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. I'm Jesse Hempel. Stay home if you can. See you next Monday. And thanks for listening.
1: Butterfly in the sky. I can
0: fly twice I as high.
1: I can go twice as high. Take <laughs> a look. It's in a book, The Reading Rainbow. We need that right now. (laughs) Anyway, friends to know and ways to grow the reading rainbow.